Hi, this is Jan Miyazaki, the host of the Wednesday 8 o'clock buzz. Thank you for tuning into WORT. If you like what you're hearing, please consider making a donation at wortfm.org slash donate. Just past 8.13, and joining me is Michael Lee. Michael Lee is Senior Counsel at the Brennan Center for Justice Democracy Program. His work focuses on redistricting, voting rights, and elections. And in the 2022 midterms, he says Republicans eked out the narrowest of House majorities, um, decided by just a few thousand votes in a handful of districts. So in theory, that sets the stage for what could be a rematch in 2024, but Michael Lee says there's a big wild card in the mix. Um, In a number of states, the maps used in 2022 may not be the ones used in 2024. Um, So good morning, Michael Lee. Thank you for joining me. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Hey, so Michael, um, I'll direct folks to the the, um, analysis piece you have at Brennan Center for Justice dated February 6th, although I'd say look for anything he's writing about. I'm including the whole series on um, redistricting. Um, But I I wanted to focus in on um, uh, what you say, um, how things look, how things could change for better or worse um, before 2024. So I'll start with... um, the changes that you write about in North Carolina and Ohio. Yep. Um, so we we know for a fact that maps in two states, North Carolina and Ohio, will be redrawn because those congressional maps were put in place by courts, uh, but only good for the 2022 elections, and they need to be redrawn. Um, and, you know, a big change happened in the 2022 elections uh, at the... Uh, state Supreme Court level, because it was state Supreme Courts that struck down those maps, but both courts got more conservative in the 2022 midterms and now have conservative majorities. And I think there's a lot of concern that if those states try to gerrymander maps, um, you know, the maps both got much fairer um, as a result of the court ordered redraws uh, before the 2022 midterms, but now they could become gerrymandered again, and those courts might be less willing to enforce limits on partisan gerrymandering. So we will we will see what happens, but you know there's already a signal um, that those courts are prepared to, to uh, perhaps revisit. And, and in North Carolina, in fact, in a couple of weeks, uh, the North Carolina Supreme Court is hearing a Republican request that it basically vacate the, the rulings that it had on partisan gerrymandering and say that partisan gerrymandering claims can't be brought in North Carolina state court, just like they can't be brought in federal court. So there really is no remedy for gerrymandering. And so the court has agreed to hear that. And so if if the court agrees with Republicans, then you know I think that would be a green light for them to, to draw a very aggressive map. And, you know, Ohio, we'll see what happens there. Um, you know, that, that process is a little bit uh, s- slower in terms of, of getting off, but we will see what happens. So the maps in North Carolina and Ohio um, were not um, as balanced then as the temporary map that was in place uh, in 2022. We have now in those states a more conservative state Supreme Court, and so it can um, uh, set back those gains. Is that kind of the bottom line? Yeah, that, that's right. You know, so they in both states, uh, Republicans originally drew very aggressive congressional maps that, that gave them a lopsided advantage. Court struck those down. Um, 
but the courts have gotten more conservative and they may be less willing to strike um you know to strike them down if if republicans attempt to do another gerrymander in those states um you know because you know they're, they're not giving up on trying to gerrymander the que- only question really is are courts going to police that or are the cops not going to be on the beat so um see more about in other states the direction of the state supreme courts because i think we don't hear so much about that um well, we are paying a lot of attention um, here in Wisconsin, but um, but but you know this this pattern that you're talking about that that could really um, change the maps for 2024. Yeah, um, you know, for for many years, people b- tried to bring partisan gerrymandering claims in federal court, thinking that you know the the U.S. Constitution would have some limit on uh, partisan abuses. The U.S. Supreme Court in 2019 in a case out of North Carolina, Rachel versus Common Cause, said like no, um, you know, partisan gerrymandering claims are something that you, you can't bring under the federal constitution, and federal courts aren't going to hear those. Um, people increasingly have turned to state courts and state constitutions to police gerrymandering. Um, you know, in Pennsylvania, the court struck down the congressional map and ordered it redrawn under the Pennsylvania Constitution. Similar things happened in. Uh, you know, New York and Maryland and uh, North Carolina and and other states. And so state courts have increasingly been the bulkward of, of, of trying to ensure that we, we have a functioning democracy and that we have representative bodies that, that look like us. Um, but, um, you know, they're increasingly, <laughs> because state courts have been increasingly active in this area, there, there also is an increasing effort to sort of flip those state courts and to get more, uh, I guess, gerrymandering friendly courts in place, mm-hmm. um, who, who you know, and, and who would be less willing to police abuses of the the democratic process. And so, um, and you, you know, you, in Wisconsin, you know that there's a huge fight going on uh, for control of the Wisconsin Supreme Court. Um, you know, Wisconsin is a state where potentially the the state Supreme Court becomes more favorable um, to you know you know, having a role to play in ensuring the democratic process works um, in, in, you know, but in other states, um, you know, it's gone sort of the other way. And so I think, you know, there is an increased battle over state courts, just as state courts are stepping in to fill some of the vacancy left by the, the U.S. Supreme Court. Yes. And you, and you mentioned some of these, um, Florida, New Mexico, Utah, Kentucky, where they, um, they where they're on, uh, ongoing battles there as well. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, you know, those are states where people are bringing partisan gerrymandering claims in state courts. Um, you know, we will see whether the state courts are willing to take them up in the same way that North Carolina and, um, you know, Pennsylvania and other states were. But, um, you know, the, the, the battle against partisan gerrymandering really has shifted from the federal courts to the state courts. And in turn, the state courts have become yeah. um, a, a source of battle themselves. Is there a connection between the Weakened Voting Rights Act and why things are ending up in these state courts that could be, um, uh, I don't know, um, more partisan? Well, you know, I, 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 on, on, I think the real driver is the fact that the U.S. Supreme Court said, like, there are no partisan gerrymandering claims under the federal constitution. The 14th Amendment doesn't cover it. The First Amendment doesn't cover it. Um, but you're absolutely right. That the Voting Rights Act has been significantly weakened. And, you know, like, there are, and that is one thing that, that, you know, potentially 
when you talk about changes to maps, you know, there there are three courts, um, one in Alabama, one in Louisiana, and one in Georgia that have already ordered the creation of three additional black congressional districts. Um, those rulings are all on hold now while the U.S. Supreme Court considers an appeal. Um, and it's possible the U.S. Supreme Court weakens the Voting Rights Act further. Um, you know, if it upholds the rulings, uh, then, you know, there would be three additional black districts, um, which, you know, could have a significant role in who controls the House. But on the other hand, I think there's a lot of worry that the U.S. Supreme Court, you know, it has a history in, in recent years of carving back on voting rights, and it may do that again in this appeal of the Alabama decision. And, and similarly, there's a, a congressional, you know, the South Carolina congressional map was found to be a racial gerrymander. That's also on appeal. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of lot of action going on. And, you know, I think, you know, unfortunately, it takes place in a world where the U.S. Supreme Court is less willing to, to vigorously enforce voting rights, both, you know, you know, to ensure racial and ethnic fairness, to, you know, to to communities of color and in a seat at the table for communities of color, but also to police partisan abuses. So t talk more about the um, racially discriminatory maps in the South. You mentioned the uh, courts in Alabama, Georgia, and Louisiana. Can you tell us more about those kinds of um, issues? Yeah, so the, there are a number of claims in the South. Um, I, I talked about Alabama, Louisiana, Georgia, um, where courts have already ordered um, creation of new black districts uh, subject to what the U.S. Supreme Court says, South Carolina, where the map was found to be a racial gerrymander because it split up black communities um, and the court ordered to redraw that map. But that also is on appeal and we'll see what the Supreme Court does there. Uh, in addition, there are um, cases that are still working their way through uh, in Florida and Texas, you know, two very big states uh, that allege discrimination against black and or Latino voters um, and that the, there is additional need to create um, minority opportunity districts in those states and those cases will go to trial at some point um, this year um, but there will likely be appeals and and so you know the real question is whether it, even if the plaintiffs win in those cases whether there are changes for the upcoming 2024 election cycle or whether you know, it's 2026 because, you know, the, the reality is that it's very easy for states to drag their feet through litigation and, you know, kind of get another free bite at the apple, um, you know, just by, by, you know, making it everything take so long. And so, you know, even if people win changes to maps, it may not be for 2024, it may be for 2026 or potentially even 2028. So our are, do the lower court or the or the state supreme court decisions does that change anything um, on on what the supreme court the U.S. Supreme Court has to deal with? How do those um, interact? Um, well, the you know the state supreme courts are increasingly finding that you know their state constitutions are vibrant sources of democratic rights, and um, they have been much more willing to. Um, intervene to ensure that, that, that the process is fair, um, you know, especially on the partisan front, but, you know, it's potentially the case that you might see more claims about racial discrimination being brought in state court as well, um, you know, because, you know, it, again, the federal courts have just become such hostile territory in a lot of ways, which is not to say the cases in federal court won't continue to be brought, but, you know, the courts 
um, you know, especially the U.S. Supreme Court is very skeptical. Um, you know, it's, it's said that we're not going to rule on partisan gerrymandering at all. Um, and it's very skeptical of, of race-based remedies, you know, and you see that in the fact that it took both the Alabama appeal, but also the, the Harvard and North Carolina, University of North Carolina affirmative action cases, right? This is a court that, you know, I think many of the justices of the U.S. Supreme Court think that we have moved beyond the need to sort of think about race, um, which, you know, is not sort of the reality for most people on the ground. Um, but, you know, that is the world that they live in. And so people have increasingly thought, okay, well, maybe state courts are going to be a better avenue. And, you know, that is sort of, I think, where you know, we are, are shifting. Now, can you tell listeners about Moore versus Harper? Ah, so Moore versus Harper is a case that the U.S. Supreme Court probably will decide. Um, you know, there's, there is, um, it is about um, whether state Supreme Courts have any role to play in, in partisan gerrymandering. You know, the North Carolina Supreme Court, as I mentioned, struck down the state's congressional map and ordered it redrawn. North Carolina Republicans have appealed that to the U.S. Supreme Court, saying, well, the elections clause of the U.S. Constitution says the time, place, and manner of federal elections is determined by um, the legislatures of the state, um, and that means just the legislatures. It doesn't mean the, the state Supreme Courts, and so state Supreme Courts can't enforce state law <laughs> limits on on, um, on on redistricting, and that's, like, impermissible. Um, the U.S. Supreme Court agreed to hear that. It heard argument in that case in December, and will decide it um, by the end of the term with one caveat, which is that, you know, as I, I also mentioned, North Carolina Republicans have asked the North Carolina Supreme Court to vacate its partisan gerrymandering rulings, and if it does vacate the partisan gerrymandering rulings, it perhaps means that the U.S. Supreme Court doesn't have to decide that issue. But if the U.S. Supreme Court does decide the issue in, in a way that the favors North Carolina, um, that could open up the door to map redraws in other states where state Supreme Courts have struck down maps. So like New York, the congressional map was a Democratic gerrymander. It was redrawn. Maryland it was a Democratic gerrymander and was redrawn. And it might also, um, you know, have to be, um, you, know, the, the, you know, depending on what the U.S. Supreme Court does, it could open the, the door to redrawing maps in other states as well. You know, so you, the, the, Temporary maps that were put in place for the 2022 midterms maybe took the edge off of what might be coming down the pike. Um, for better, you say, or worse, but it's feeling like or worse in 2024. Um, how did, you know, what, a, what, what solutions might there be so that um, we can have fairer par party maps and um, less racially discriminatory maps than in spite of all this? Well, you know, I, I've been on your show before and I've always talked about the importance of, you know, Congress acting because Congress has a lot of power to, um, you know, ensure both partisan and racial fairness in the maps. But, you know, of course, we don't have a Congress that looks likely that it like it's going to do that um, right now. Um, but, you know, long term, we still have to keep pushing forward on that. But there also are state reforms, right? You know, I think that many people in Ohio, for example, have talked about creating a true independent commission, right? You know, a better process. Um, similarly, I think pe many people think like maybe you could do a commission in Florida, um, you know, which would produce better, better maps. And so, you know, there are state level reforms, but there's also making sure that you elect the right people to state Supreme Courts um, who will, um, you know, rule, you know, in a way that protects democracy and not sort of, um, you know, that opens the door to like a free reign of, of, of you know, a free, give, give a free reign for abuses. And so, you know, all of that is, those things are very important. So, 
Wow. You know, um, Michael Lee. Michael Lee is senior counsel at the Democracy Program program at the um, Brennan Center for Justice, and you can read all of the whole series on redistricting and voting rights. Um, but, you know, it just seems like organizers have to have a coordinated national strategy. <laughs> um, the, uh, we dodged a um, speeding train in 2022. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a good way to put it. Yes, we did. So, yes. Um, so I am just going to urge people to um, not um, keep this issue straight right in front of our um, organizing agendas, because if this um, gets worse in 2024, then it looks like it could get bad for a long time, um, uh, or at least until 2030. <laughs> So, um, I, hey, thank you, Michael Lee. That went, sped by fast. I'm, I'm glad we could talk this morning. Yeah, glad to do it. Thanks for having me.